Did everyone purge their demons? Yes, Paul. <laughs> I, th- I thought that's what this uh, this episode's all about. <laughs> that. There's going to be Too some true. serious nerd rage. Let me tell you what. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting for one of us to put something in our worst category that's in someone else's best. That'll be fun. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. So, somebody explain this to me. We all throw out a candidate, and then one gets picked. It's a majority rules kind of thing. Okay. But last year there were a lot of times when we all picked something entirely different, and there was no majority. Yeah, no, so. that's not true. I remember quite a few categories going to me because Paul backed uh-huh. me up. There is that. Funny Book Awards, where we recognize the best and worst that comics had to offer in 2010. I'm Aaron. I'm Polly. This is Wayne. This is Jonathan. And this is Tim. Well, I'm all, you know, fancied up here in my, my rhinestone tux. I am ready to do this. By rhinestone those t-shirt tuxes. tuxes. <laughs> <laughs> what Aaron really means is he's not wearing pants right now. Well, no, no, it's a, it's a rhinestone tuxedo jacket and shirt, but yeah, I am I am pantsless at the moment. Best part yeah, come on, who podcasts with pants on? Really, I mean, <laughs> me. You guys are disturbing me. The best podcasting and radio occurs when the boys can have free range. I'm gonna They're cry. Free to wander. <laughs> I'm gonna cry myself to sleep tonight. <laughs> How's that different than normal? That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the balloting is in. You know uh, Price Waterhouse has uh, has tallied up all the nominations, and uh, today we will be reviewing our nominations from all the tallied ballots. And then deciding on the best and worst from our various categories. In preparation for this, you know, you kind of have to – it's a lot of work to prepare for this considering we're just a a low-rent, budget-conscious podcast. You know, we're kind of like living in that affordable housing down the street. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Section 8. Yeah, that section – that really nice Section 8 housing that you make too much money to live in. Yeah, that's us. Um, (laughs) but, uh, you know, in preparation for this, it it really is a lot of work. You have to look through the the entire year's worth of, uh, of stuff. And, you know, I I began to realize that there, you know, as good a year as it seems to be sometimes, there was a lot of shit this year too. Yeah. So I, I, we're not just recognizing the best of the year. We are also recognizing the worst of the year. You know, and I'm more excited to talk about the worst usually anyway. (laughs) Oh, that's because we're all evil. Our first category is limited series or original graphic novel. And uh, I guess we'll uh, circle jerk it. And, you know, the the soggy biscuit goes to Wayne. All right, we're going to start off with worst then. Um, uh, 
I, there were three really that I had to go back and forth on which one I wanted to give the worst to. And I finally landed on the safe bet for me, Grant Morrison. The return of Bruce Wayne got worse for me. I didn't even uh, read it, but you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I'm close there with you, uh, Wayne, on, on worst because I, I had the uh, the Time Masters. Uh, that was one of the other two. Yeah. My three that I was fighting between was Batman Beyond, yeah. Return of Bruce Wayne, and Time Master. You just picked my uh, mine because mine was Batman Beyond. You know, I had so much hope going into that series, but that series seemed to suck out everything I liked about the, the TV show, and it just felt like a crummy Elseworlds yeah. book to me. I, I got to say, I agree with uh, Wayne. My worst of 2010, and I, I had to debate. I went with Return of Bruce Wayne. But my original choice was actually the Flash Rebirth. Oh yeah, see, I could be there with you as well. Yeah, I was... I'd Flash... forgotten about it. Otherwise, that would have been four on my list to fight between. <laughs> this is an embarrassment of riches in the worst field. <laughs> <laughs> I actually picked for my worst uh, limited series, X Factor Forever. You know, I I I didn't enjoy X Factor Forever as much as I hoped I would. But I didn't find the disappointment that I had in it to be nearly as crushing as uh, the Time Master book or anything having to do with Batman this year. I see picking it. It. I didn't like the series, but I didn't hate it as much as I hated the other three I mentioned. Uh, so hopefully on the other <laughs> side of the coin, we have some best limited series or original graphic novels. Well, you know, I, 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 I was – Conflicted on how I would categorize this, and since it didn't tie in to a bunch of other titles, I decided to call it a limited series versus a crossover event. So this is why I'm putting it in this category, but Thanos Imperative. Thanos Imperative rocked my world from beginning to end. Oh, yeah. That that was mine. Yeah. Thanos Imperative was, you know, originally I had it as my uh, best crossover or event, but like you, you know, I uh, I figured you know it doesn't cross over into any titles. It's it's its own mini series, mm-hmm. and it hands down nothing came close. Yeah, I don't think anyone else will pick what I picked. I went with Atomic Robo and Other Strangeness. It was just good, clean fun all the way through, and then it the ending with uh, Thomas Edison as the major villain. It was just a lot of fun. It was a good series. I, I'll agree with that. Sounds and like I didn't read Thanos Imperative. <laughs> it's the art house favorite. <laughs> yeah. If I'd have read Thanos Imperative, maybe it would be on the list, but I usually don't like the big space stories. You know, I I probably picked one nobody else read, but I picked One Month to Live by Marvel. Uh, a series was about a person who had superpowers, but found out he, he only had a month to live because he was dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of campy parts of the book, which you would expect from a book that's going to go from Spider-Man to... Wolverine to Fantastic Four as he goes on his magic carpet ride through Marvel Universe. But the parts that made it the best it, limited series for me was the was, um, was the, the human elements of saying goodbye to somebody as he's trying to do everything he can to make the world better with what he, time he has left. And I thought mm-hmm. that was just awesome. Well, I remember you speaking very highly of that you know, earlier in the year when that was out. So uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm curious about it. I'll have to you know, either pick up the back issues or in trade if it gets released that way. Yep. 
So we've got three votes for Thanos Imperative. Yeah, woo, Thanos Imperative. Rocking it out. looks like for our first category, we have some clear-cut winners. The worst series, worst limited worst series or graphic novel was The Return of Bruce Wayne, and the best was Thanos Imperative. Woo, congratulations, Return of Bruce Wayne and Thanos Imperative. You <laughs> win the first funnies of the night. Woo! Suck on that, Grant Morrison. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he will, too. <laughs> And so smack, right smack dab on the heels of uh, limited series or original graphic novel is best and worst crossover or event. Well, since Wayne started us off by uh, by starting with worst, why don't we start with worst for, for the rest of our categories? Okay. So worst crossover event. Can I go first? You can, Paul. In fact, please, please do. Fuck you, Shadowland. Fuck you and your stupid <laughs> ass. That is my vote as well. <laughs> You, you know, I thought about going with Shadowland, but I have to say Brightest Day was the, my worst crossover event. I wanted to like Brightest Day. You know, I, uh, I, I, I was at the time Brightest Day started, I was all on the Green Lantern books. Um, I, they should have had me. And the Brightest Day uh, main title was awful and i dropped it after two maybe three issues um i have not enjoyed you know i dropped the green arrow story uh which is tied into brightest day and it's only because they're distantly linked to the brightest day stories that i'm continuing to pick up uh justice league generation lost uh green lantern and Aaron warriors but boy i, I think brightest days for me has been a huge failure you're so close aaron because my my vote was blackest night Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, my problem with this book was was the ending, and you know, and we've talked on the show about how we want change in comic books, but lasting change, you know, never seems to really happen. You know, Bruce Wayne dies and comes back almost immediately. You know, Blackest Night brought back almost every single damn dead hero in the DC universe in like this big Fourth of July fireworks, blatantly fucking obvious way, and just rubbed our faces in it the whole time. It yeah, they go sucks. on and on about how this is going to be the worst day, you know, in the history of the DC universe. And that's what the people in the future talk about how horrible Blackest yeah. Night is, and then it becomes Happy Fun Resurrection Day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, what was supposed to be the most awful day in in the history of ever was really not so bad. <laughs> well, I guess we did we do have to read more Aquaman because of it. Maybe oh. it really was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan? Yes. <laughs> Jonathan abstains from this category. No, uh, actually, my pick here was uh, Siege for the worst. Oh. I gotta say, Siege was a big disappointment too. Siege I mean, to be fair, event. I only uh, I only followed two crossover events uh, because I, I also don't uh, put the Thanos imperative into that category. So th this past year, I've only I've only followed two crossover events, and Siege was definitely the worst. I thought Siege tried to do a lot of things that was was interesting, and they failed. But I don't, you know, I I, I don't yeah. feel like it was in a category of crapness that was blackest. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I I enjoyed black. I enjoyed, I think, the preponderance of Blackest Night and Siege, which is why I didn't put them in the worst category. I mean, I was I, fundamentally I was disappointed at the end of both of those stories, 
but you know, I didn't think that they were craptastic, which I, I think is what you really got to, to seek the essence of to call something the worst in this category. That's actually why I, they didn't get the the worst for me. In both cases, I really enjoyed them in the beginning, and they yeah. just fell apart at the end. Right. Shadowland hated from the beginning pretty much. Yeah, Shadowland sucked all the way through. So, <laughs> thank you for ripping me off, Shadowland. Thank you. <laughs> but you know what? Despite our negativity, there were actually some good crossovers this year, or at least less offensive crossovers this year. So, in our best crossover event category, Aaron, what's your nomination? And you know, Paul, I think you've said it best. I can't think. I have racked my brain on this category to tell you what the best crossover would be. And I, I am petitioning for changing the, the award here to not the best crossover, but the least offensive crossover. <laughs> because I can't, seriously, I'm right now, I, I seriously, oh, which, which one of the crossover events that happened over the last year, would you say, holy shit, that was fantastic. I've got an answer for that. Yeah, it hit me, Paul. I uh, hit me, Wayne. X-Men Second Coming. Yes. That's yes. I didn't read it, so I will abstain from this and give you guys that one. Well, now we know Now we know who uh, who wins the award for worst hosts of funny books. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the guy who's not on the show anymore? <laughs> you know, the thing I liked about X-Men Second Coming is it took a, it paid an homage to the old Executioner song series. It integrated each team in their own book in a way that felt organic, and that's why I loved it. Yeah, and unlike yeah, every other crossover, it didn't let us down at the end. When it was all over, I was excited and pumped for the books that were coming after it. They turned out to be crap, but I was yeah. excited <laughs> and pumped for them. <laughs> But that wasn't – yeah, that wasn't part of the crossover's fault. I, I also uh, loved in that crossover how it seemed like all the writers were on the same page with the characters and what was going on and the the mood of the stories. Uh, and you don't you don't see that. It's, it's almost like uh, every writer works in a bubble and so a lot of crossover events, uh, you know. Just yeah, it was so crap. seamless. I mean it's – you're reading this story. You're not reading how this story – affected each individual title and that's what i really loved about it it's i didn't have to deal with all the the sludge, the sludge of horrible, horrible title you know and they had different they had different creative teams as far as artists go too and if the, the way that it went seamlessly is also a you know a credit to the art teams as well as the writers yeah well i have to say you know second coming was great and not only did it give us a well-written story in line with good art, it also gave us that final book where that freaky purple person was staring directly at you during the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that is the first sweep in Funny's history right there. I think it is. Pretty awesome. I, it, Congratulations for being the only crossover that didn't suck this year. <laughs> <laughs> for being the hands-down obvious choice because everything else was garbage. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a sad state of affairs. I mean, when you when you look at you know the guys sitting around this table, and you know that we all like to read different things, so I think we do have a nice kind of you know cross section of tastes in comics. And when all of us say Siege, Blackest Night, you know these great big you know tent post events were disappointing. I think that's that's a, a rather severe indictment of of uh, comics, you know, and the stories that they're putting out. 
You know, and it's all about execution. We enjoyed those stories at the beginning. We did not like how they wrapped up. So there, an indictment. An indictment. Aaron put out an indictment at the funnies. <laughs> He's like Sean Penn with his acceptance speech. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Support now child literacy. Need, now we just need Paul to call a jihad, and we've got a true awesome. situation on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> but before I do that, why don't we go over our nominations for lamest hero of the year? Well, uh, my lamest hero of the year is going to be who I previously nominated as best hero of last year, Iron Man. Nice, because that's mine as well. Yeah, I'll totally agree with that one. I I feel like he was so cool during the uh, World's Most Wanted stuff, and and now that he's back, it's like he's just blah. Yeah, it's almost like when Iron Man stopped being a dick, no one cared. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good life lesson for me. And the, the sad thing is, is that I'm enjoying him over in Avengers Prime. I do not care for him in his own title. Well, that's because there is no Iron Man in his own title. There's Tony Stark, but he's never an Arbor or anything. Yeah. Yuck. So is that a sweep for a, a worst hero well, or lamest? That is three out of five. So unless uh, Tim, what did you have? I'm just curious. Superman. I had Hands Superman down. also. Hands down. Well, I can pick Superman every year. Because <laughs> I have yep. to say, I read more c- good comics with Iron Man in them this year than I read good comics with Superman in them this year. I don't think I read a single good comic with Superman in it this year, other than that Batman Beyond annual thing. Which really wasn't, su- yeah, no, hands <laughs> yeah. down. There are a couple of issues of uh, War of the Supermen that were good, but yeah, that's that's a pretty true yeah. statement. That's a pretty solid choice, too. Yeah. So, I, you know what's sad, though? Looking at last year's winners... Which Jonathan, you know, uh, had mentioned Iron Man, The Flash, and Thor were amongst our favorite heroes last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to hear who our most awesome hero is this year. Rocket Raccoon. Ooh, <laughs> you might as I well pick Groot. I don't know if he's joking. <laughs> I don't know. That's the sad thing. He is not joking. Rocket Raccoon. I need more. Oh my, oh my god. Oh, Christ. That's like vote for Ross Perot here, and I'm just talking. <laughs> Tim is all about the politics today. Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, I, I picked Luke Cage. I, I've loved everything he's been in. I've loved his glimpses of father and husband and New Avengers. I've loved, you know, all the, you know, the post-registration act tension he's had running that team. So he's had some tension with uh, Steve Rogers, and I've lo- I've loved him when he's been on the Thunderbolts. I've I've loved him taking you know leadership reins of that team. I haven't read anything that Luke Cage has been in, and I'm blocking Shadowland out of my mind huh. <laughs> um, that I, that I didn't like. Well, mine was the Flash, Barry Allen, because even though the Flash Rebirth sucked, uh, I've really enjoyed that character since then, and um, I have him listed as my favorite hero because I honestly didn't expect it. Um. You know, the Barry Allen has been dead almost my entire life, <laughs> at least my comic reading life. So, you know, introducing a character who I pretty much had no familiarity with back into the mythos and, uh, you know, making him interesting. And, you know, again, it's almost I'm more interested in Barry Allen than I am The Flash. I, I found his title very interesting. I like the way he's written. So he's my nominee. Well, uh, The Flash comes in a close second me uh however and i never thought 
that I would nominate uh, this character, Green Arrow. I think has been the best, been the best uh, hero, uh, hero of the year. Of the year. Wow. Seriously. Wow. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what book are you reading? <laughs> well, I, I haven't I, been listening to funny books. Do you guys not like Green Arrow anymore? I still, I still like it. Jeez, everybody else has dropped it. <laughs> really? I think, the, I think that book is, I think that book is awesome. We might actually have a different answer from each one of each us one on of this. On this. Aaron? Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> we didn't Are you serious about the Rocket Raccoon? I am actually. I think Rocket Raccoon wow. is awesome, and he's had a good year. He he was a strong character in Thanos Imperative, and oh, he, he was strong all throughout uh, throughout Guardians of the Galaxy. I I, I uh, he, he, wow, he, excellent character. In that he's case, a, we don't have a clear cut winner because I'm voting for Tim Drake, Red Robin, mm. even oh. though he has the worst name. That's a good name anyway. Now, if it was Red Rocket. Red, <laughs> Red Rocket. Red Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have no clear winner in our uh, favorite hero category. Wow. Green Arrow would kick any of their asses. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Well, he can't leave that little forest. <laughs> well, yeah, but especially the Rocket Raccoon. No, That's Rocket like, Raccoon would just shoot him down, blow him up. And in that forest, you know, Groot's with him, so, you know, Green Arrow's <laughs> screwed. undercover as a tree. <laughs> That's right. We've never, we've never had a, a non-clear-cut winner. And I, and I think we all feel really strongly about the ones we picked, so why don't we, in the show notes, we'll let, we'll let fans, you know, vote on it, and whoever comes out in the majority will get the... We'll I get wonder the if they're going to pick Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> no, they will. God, I hope not. We've got a huge Rocket Raccoon following on this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason people listen to our the show. The fans will turn the fuck out on this one. <laughs> does, that, yeah. does that seem like a reasonable solution? It does. It does. Yeah. So, and because, Tim, you're so reasonable, why don't you tell us who the lamest villain is? The worst the villain, uh, Loki. So here's my problem with Loki. He has this brilliant plan to get himself written out of Ragnarok by Hela. He tricks Baldur into moving to Latveria for a yeah, while. For a while. He helps Norman Osborn take down Asgard. Everything's going well, according to planned. If everything works the way he wants it to work, he'll be the last Asgardian for until Ragnar until the cycle begins again. You yeah. know what I'm you saying? You know what I'm saying? You know, at the last moment, he has a change of heart. You know, as a character, character. that was an interesting moment. But as a villain, it was a big fail. You know, fail. other villains other villains dropped the ball this year, but none had the <laughs> had the bigger gain. That fell through their hands in Loki. That's why I picked him. Boo, Loki. Wayne, Aaron? What, was, what was your pick? Oh, Wayne. Yeah, screw Aaron. He picked Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a really hard time with this one trying to pick who I disliked most for the villains. And um, and so I never came up with anyone. What? You can't abstain. That's why I was hoping I'd go last. Kill <laughs> <laughs> someone else's. Now I really, I, the more I think about it, my big complaint for most of this year has been there haven't been a lot of villains. The everything's been heroes fighting heroes again. Even though it's we're now into the heroic age, we still saw more and more of that. And the same thing in DC, we're seeing a lot of the heroes be the villains. And it just there weren't any really lame villains that I could come up with. You know, it's an interesting concept, Wayne, but you're still going to have to bandwagon on somebody else's vote, so let's go on. <laughs> yeah, Aaron. 
Well, I, it pains me to say this because I have up till now really enjoyed this character. But recent events have changed my perception. And instead of making this character cooler than he already was, it has made him incredibly lame. And I'm speaking, of course, of the Taskmaster. Um, the, the, the reimagining of his origin and turning him into a wrong-thinking good guy really, really ruined the character for me. So Taskmaster is my nominee for Worst Villain of the Year. My nominee for worst villain of the year, or lamest villain, is Black Hand, who, um, <laughs> in, in one of our worst crossovers of the year, Blackest yeah. Night. Who did uh, absolutely stood, nothing. <laughs> yeah, he, he stood in one place for seven or eight issues. Literally, he stood in one place for seven or eight issues. Um, and it was such a big disappointment because his origin was interesting. There was a lot of buildup. He was visually interesting, and he didn't do shit. Um, Necron, who didn't pop up till issue five of the series, did even more than Black Hand. Um, who literally did nothing. So uh, Black Hand was my lamest villain of 2010. Well, you see, the ne- the difference, Paul, there is that Necron has work ethic. Black Hand, not so much. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. He's lying you know, down on the job. <laughs> and remembering those stories actually had me help me pick who I would pick. It comes out of the same stories, except it's not Black Hand or Necron. It's Parallax. Uh, yeah. They're just so sick of seeing Parallax show up and do nothing and just be be scary for being there. Does Jonathan have a lamest villain? Uh, I do. And my lamest villain is more of a just a subtype of villain. Uh, and that is the organization. I'm uh, like I used to really love reading that big bad guy. You know, like, when I think back to reading X-Men, you know, there was Apocalypse and Magneto and Mr. Sinister and Sabretooth. And uh, it just doesn't seem – like, characters like that just aren't around anymore. And so now you've got, like, the X-Men in particular. They just keep going up against these faceless, nameless groups of people that have – no characterization or backstory to them, and uh, I, I'm really uh, disliking that. You made that up on the fly, didn't you? No. I'm He's, just kidding. He, he just went all very abstract on us. Yeah. God, this is like a Monet. Jonathan's <laughs> answer was the Monet of funny books. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan's answer was the darkness. <laughs> but actually, you know, absence. Well, I mean, I mean, really, I, I'm, I'm sort of throwing throwing uh, my vote in with Wayne here on just like there's no good villains out there. Like I've got nothing for best villain, nothing. Because uh, if like last year, it was the Hood, hands down. The Hood was awesome, and now the Hood's in prison along with a lot of other good villains. So there's really not. I can't think of a villain that really stands out in my mind in the books that I'm reading that I'm just like, oh, man, this dude's awesome. Like, well, nothing. Jonathan, i got to put it out there. you got to read Avengers number seven then because the hood is out of prison and he's collecting the Infinity Gems. Just really, really? recommend Avengers <laughs> number yeah, seven. They, he says Has the art gotten any better? <laughs> no, it's the same no. shit. 
Yeah, he oh. says it's he says it's the Infinity Gems, but they look like fucking Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if the hood wants to taste the rainbow, I'm cool with it. <laughs> and we're back to dick and fart jokes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what would we ever really leave be without a dick and fart joke, Paul? Yes. Well, so is John Romita Jr. your uh, favorite villain of the year, Tim? My favorite villain of the year is Nimrod. If, if you read Second Coming, you saw what a calculating plan he had for taking yeah. out Hope and the X-Men. Okay, uh, but let, let me stop you right now, Tim. I, I have it written down, damn it. No, yeah, but, but you're wrong, and I want to stop you before you get too wrong. <laughs> before you get wronger. Nimrod... Nimrod is not who you're talking about. Who you're talking about is Bastion. Bastion was the main villain of Second Coming. I think not even getting his name right really throws your vote out the window. (laughs) Bastion is Nimrod. Yeah. Bastion's not Nimrod. Nimrod's Nimrod. Bastion is half Nimrod. Half Nimrod, half Master Mold. That's what created Bastion. But it's still Bastion. (laughs) Nimrod Nimrod is a type of Sentinel. Like Like, there were endless waves of Nimrods. Coming out to fight the X Men, right. coming out of the portal, but Bastion. I, I will defer my X Men knowledge to the, to Jonathan because I know he's read more of that stuff. But uh, so, anyways, Bastion slash Nimrod, who gives a crap what his real name is? Who is the so God so good? Beat. His name is memorable. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I had a whole I had a thing written down. He had he had an indestructible field around Necrotia. He he neutralized teleporters. Necrotia. <laughs> Come on, man. Proper proper nouns. Get them right. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Are you talking about he had a, the force field around Utopia? Because Necrotia was a crossover event from last year. Yeah, Tim, don't let the guy who didn't have an answer at all harass you. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne, what's your hey, answer? don't let the guy who didn't have an answer at all support you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an answer for best. Okay. And my answer is probably the biggest long shot there is. But Reed Richards from uh, Ultimate Enemy. Lame. I mean, uh, continue. <laughs> Jonathan set the tone for the rest of the funnies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of funny. We had hands down winners until we got to uh, best hero, and after that, we've got nothing. We're not agreeing on anything. Well, if you remember last year, the the favorite villain and favorite hero, we had a we had difficulties too. It was only because we had two people who agreed on one that we didn't have any clear winners. Because Jonathan and I were the only ones who liked the hood. But what about Aaron? Aaron, do you have a favorite villain this year? Well, you know. I thought for sure my favorite villain this year was going to be Doctor Doom because this was shaping up to be a big year for him. You know, with the with the conclusion of Siege and what he had rocking in uh, Latverius experimenting on the Asgardians, um, and then there was Doom War, and you know that rocked pretty hard. And but you know, I, it hadn't been anything going on since then. So I think Doctor Doom was my early favorite. But, uh, you know, in, in light of, you know, not much going on there since then, I don't know. I'm having a hard time selecting Dr. Doom. Um, I was really intrigued and entertained by Reed Richards showing up as the villain in Ultimate Mystery. And so I think I'm going to support Wayne's vote there. What? I don't know. We Look have a tables are turned. 
we have a winner in most awesome villain. And now we still have two people who haven't voted. Just me. Jonathan hasn't voted for anything. Oh. Because he has nothing. Yeah, well, I'm exactly. not gonna. I'm not gonna pick Reed Richards because Reed Richards is. You know who I'm nope. gonna pick? I'm gonna pick Daredevil. How about that? <laughs> that, that no, I am not typing that out on the show. <laughs> Daredevil, best villain. <laughs> you know, I'm making what? notes of what everyone picks. I just typed in Daredevil because Jonathan is wrong. <laughs> well, my vote for most awesome villain uh, was Hobgoblin. Mm. Even though he's only popped up in three issues of well, uh, Amazing which Spider-Man, one? the one that died. <laughs> I'm, I'm just calling uh, Hobgoblins. How about there that? There you go. There you go. I'm uh, actually because... shocked after all the praise for Thanos Imperative that neither of you voted for Thanos. He wasn't really a villain in that piece, but you know what? The Captain well, Lord Marvel, you know, Marvel. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I I thought about him because you know Thanos Imperative was so good, but it wasn't so good because of. Of a single villain, though you, I, I could I could say that just the cancer verse was the villain of that piece. Oh, another organization. Exactly, and I love those. Uh, I think those uh, are great. Those are the best, no, like best the, kind the, of villains. The hood was so all right. The hood was so good last year because because he was part no. of a larger organization. No, he why well, he was the head of a large organization. He was the mastermind behind that organization. Like you don't see me picking on like those stupid villains from the 70s or whatever that were in this group. Uh, whether the Wrecking Crew or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Screw those guys. <laughs> anyway, you know, like, the hood was so good because not only did he have his hands and everything, you saw him a lot, lot but he also had his own limited, own limited series. You got into his head. You got good characterization out of him. Like, that's a good villain to me. Like, a fully fleshed out, like, three-dimensional villain. Like, where was that this year? Nowhere. Yeah, exactly. But I enjoyed the, I enjoyed Hobgoblin nonetheless. I agree. Hobgoblin Hobgoblin's interesting. I'm still supporting, however, Reed Richards and and uh, Ultimate Mystery. All right. So the funny goes to Reed Richards and Ultimate Mystery for uh, uh hero. Of the what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. Not the Ultimate version. No, the Ultimate. No version. hero there. So for well, let's... worst villain, we've got another. Uh, uh, yeah, Dutch rudder situation, so uh, <laughs> we're going to need the fans to vote on that one. Yes, so uh, go out to ideologyofmadness.com and in the show uh, the show notes, talk back. Tell us who your vote is for lamest villain. Don't 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 bring any new <laughs> choices. No. You ideas. have to choose from ours. Yeah, fuck right. that. We don't want original ideas here at Funny Listen, Books. We we, we, want... are, we are such we are such a big bunch of failures that we can't even agree on things. So we need you to help us. You get a vote. <laughs> Could, yeah, exactly. You're lucky we talk outside of this podcast. Stupid. <laughs> we talk outside of this podcast? Not to you. Oh. Knights <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> Rainsboro, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, another podcast. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> so um, moving into uh, possibly the hardest category for us this year was choosing the most suck-ass cover. <laughs> that was released this year. And you know why it was the hardest? Because we had to go through all of those covers to try to pick it out. I uh, I delved the depths that is comic book shit covers <laughs> all of last night. In fact, I've posted some of my runners up on the Twitter feed. But 
Um, and I'm just going to jump in here. Uh, I, I, the, the worst cover, and I looked at all of them, was Spider-Woman 6. Spider-Woman 6, the tagline for, for this cover should have been, my son is the best artist in fourth grade. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> awful. And I, 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 you can't really describe covers, but the, the tagline's the best I can do. You'll just have to you'll have to look at the feed because um, I'm sure we're gonna put these images somewhere. Yeah, um, after the the jump on uh, ideologyofmanus.com, you can see all of the images for our worst and favorite covers. So, Aaron, what was your worst cover this year? Anything drawn by John Romita. Agreed. I had any Agreed. Wow. <laughs> you mean I spend three hours looking at every single cover? If you chumps, you're just like, meh. <laughs> How about any Doom War cover by John Romita Jr.? Well, or or any of the Avengers covers, because, oh, I mean, yeah. they've all been sucktastic. Sucktacular is what they've been. <laughs> you know, I was going to bitch about Superman covers, but I have to agree with you guys. Those Avengers covers were horrible. I'm going with anything by John Romero Jr. too. Yep. You guys are a bunch of chodes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I, I'm going to I'm going to give you a, uh, Tim. Can I get a spoiler from you? <clears throat> spoiler. Uh, this is a preview for worst artist, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, since Tim feels so slighted, maybe we'll uh, we'll see what his most favorite cover this year was. Oh, the most favorite cover this year was the Superman Batman Annual Four cover. Um, it it uh, it has the uh, Batman Beyond and the um, like the future Superman um, kind of involved over this large. Uh, looks like some kind of uh, TV monitor kind of thing. Like it's like a Jumbotron. And it was mm. just beautiful. I'm actually holding that, that book right in my hands now because that was one of my runners up. I thought that was a that's a great choice. It was best cover was actually hard. There were a lot of them that I was having to pick through that I thought, you know, deserved it. Pretty much anything from X Men Second Coming. All of those were beautiful covers. The Batman it, Batman Superman Annual that Tim just mentioned. Great cover. In the end, once again, I went with one that no one else is going to go with because I'm the only one that reads the title. The Boys number 42 for me was by far the best cover because the besides just being beautiful and having good art, it tells the story of the character. I mean, you see, just looking at the character crying with the makeup running and all, it uh, it's a powerful cover to me. And I'll be the only one that votes for it. Yep, we're all Googling it now. <laughs> Stupid leaning, you're no link. <laughs> oh, you want a link? I got a link. So there's a link uh, for you. It's Aaron. a <laughs> You know, I was I was having a hard time with this because there's been a lot of really good covers this year. Um I have enjoyed most of what was on the Thanos Imperative covers. But I, I think I'm gonna vote for the uh for Tim's Batman Superman, largely because not only was that a great cover, but it really did depict what goes on inside the book. And the interior of the book was great. I mean, it it, it was a great cover for a great book and, and honestly advertised how awesome that book was. Yeah. Had we continued um, 
had we kept a best single issue for this year, I probably would have put that as my best single issue yeah. this year. That was that was. My I would have too, category. hands down, hands down. Because yeah. uh, that was just a, for that too. Yeah. Double win. Uh, <laughs> Double whammy. Woo! Look at that. We didn't even have to include it in the show notes. It's just the best single issue. Um, mine, even though it appears that we already have a winner with Superman Batman Annual number four for most awesome cover, um, I had Superboy number one as my choice. It was very simple, but it was just an iconic image um, that I just I really loved the cover for that, Superboy number that one. That is a really nice. That is a very nice cover. Um, I, I wish that some of the the iconic image from the exterior made its way into the interior, though. Osmosis. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Well, Jonathan, do you have a selection for best cover this year? I do. And uh it's not going to win, but uh I love I love uh stuff that is reminiscent of when I was growing up reading comics. So, I'm going to pick X-Men Forever 2 number 7. Any particular reason? Yeah, it's just it looks like like it all the covers for, from the X-Men Forever series, if you look at them, you're like, that looks like it's straight out of, you know, Claremont and Jim Lee's run of X-Men that started in the early 90s. You know, it just, you know, it tells you what's going on in the book. Uh, all the art is absolutely Absolute. beautiful. And, uh, yeah, it, they, you know, they're not trying to over-stylize anything. Hate that. Well, so... I'm looking at the cover right now. It actually is a really nice cover. But the funny for, just to summarize, for most suck-ass cover of the year, anything by John Romita Jr., for most <laughs> awesome cover of the year, Superman Batman Annual Number 4, which also is the winner for Best Single Issue. Woo! Oh, wait wait a minute. I need to change my vote. I'm Shit. looking at this, and Spider-Woman Number 6, definitely Best Cover. <laughs> 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 that is love. <laughs> well, you know, moving outside of comics for a minute, you know, a lot there was a lot of licensed property. There were a lot of licensed properties this year. Uh, you know, comic media, movies, video games, books, things like that. So, you know, what would you consider was the best use of a comic property this year? Or, I'm, I'm sorry, let's go with the worst use of a comic properties this year. Kick-ass. I thought it started great. I thought it could have been the best, you know, my favorite movie of the year. And the the whole thing fell apart at the end. It uh, By the, end, the time I walked out, I absolutely hated the movie. Jonah Hex. Wow. Can <laughs> wow, I change I my vote? I actually <laughs> forgot how painful that was to watch. No, Jonah Hex was way worse than Kick-Ass. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll refresh everybody's memory. You know, opening scene of the movie, it's the, it's the big origin story where Jonah Hex is tied up out front of his house and the door is open. And he can see his wife and child in the house. The house is on fire. And, you know, the bad guy, played by John Malkovich, says, I want you to, I want you to lose your family like I lost mine. I want you to see it. And then he closes the door. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hands down, that was by far the worst property. So bad that I blocked it out of my mind and picked something else. <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad, bad movie. Uh, I was having a really hard time picking this one, so I went back to the to the uh, the lessons I had with my life coach Jonathan Landreth, and he said, "When all else fails, be a complete ass." 
So I picked the uh, DC Comics Converses that uh, you guys talked about a couple weeks ago. Oh, you bastards! <laughs> those are those are awful. You're awful. awful. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom. Hey. <Yay>. So. <laughs> yeah. Those those things were hideous. I don't know why you guys want a pair of those. And if you're if, if Aaron in St. Louis, you're gonna beat people with a shoe. Please don't beat me with a DC Comics. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for worst, I, I, I had two choices um, that I was choosing between, which were Kick-Ass or Marvel's Superhero Squad cartoon. And I think I'm going to go with Marvel's Superhero Squad cartoon because at least I got through more than five minutes of Kick-Ass. I, yeah, I don't take that I, as a, uh, a good sign for kick-ass there. Just because you didn't make the list yet, you almost made the list twice. You're still yeah. a bad movie. Yeah, Marvel Superhero <laughs> Squad cartoon is uh, uh, supposedly appropriate for all ages. It, but, you know, appropriate for all ages essentially means you get lots of fart and poop humor. Um, you know, it, it's it's just meant to be a kiddie show, and I, I, I really kind of hated it. Um, it, it is entirely opposite of the the type of quality and writing that you get from their Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon. But uh, Superhero Squad, you suck. Well, let's not forget that Earth's Mightiest Heroes is written by Chris Yost. So <laughs> you're going to get some quality out of that. I don't know who does Superhero Squad. Your but uh, yeah, it's got to be awful then. A lot of poop humor, though, makes sense. Um, <laughs> okay, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> worst use of a comic property uh well you know i didn't really experience any comic properties this year uh, <laughs> uh i did experience one but i'm throwing it in my best because i really liked it um so, so i'm going best. no 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 i'm going to preemptively say that x-men first class uh will be the worst use of a comic property for years and years to come <laughs> it, it does look pretty bad. Well, since you you have something in mind for best, well, okay. So the funny for worst use of a comic property goes to Jonah Hex. Jonathan, you say you have something in mind for best use of a comic property? Yes. Uh, the losers. I loved it, and I didn't even know it was a comic book property until the credits. But I loved it. Really, I did not like that movie. Well, you suck. Oh, no, that's true. Obviously, yeah. I loved it so much I watched it twice in the same night. <laughs> so, John, don't stop believing, Paul. Don't stop believing. <laughs> okay, Paul, if you hate his best choice, what was your best choice? My best choice uh, for use of a comic property was—I'm looking for my notes. <laughs> <laughs> the converses that Tim complained about. <laughs> yeah, the converses. Right no, in the uh, face. Young, <laughs> young Justice. Um, I, I have been anxiously awaiting that series. I really, really loved the first episode. I'm anxiously now waiting these the series to start um, on an ongoing basis. Um, so I, I, I really loved Young Justice, and it, it won out from three choices I had. Uh, I was also considering uh, J. Scott Campbell's Fairy Tale Fantasies 2011 calendar, which is pretty freaking sweet, but not based on any particular comic book. Um, or Icons, the Wildstorm and DC art of Jim Lee, which is pretty awesome as well. But I went with Young Justice. So, Aaron, how about yourself? 
you know, there, there's actually a lot to choose from just on television. I mean, you've got uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. You've got uh, uh, Fire Breather. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Yes, yes, I, what I would is, agree What are that. we thinking? All right, uh, changing my vote, changing my vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> best, <laughs> the best, best use of a comic book property, The Walking Dead TV show. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, well, I still would have And 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 Jonathan stole my vote. <laughs> Boom! Because you know I, when you think about it, there's Earth's Mightiest Heroes, there's you know Fire Breather, there's Young Justice, and Walking Dead. Uh, and at, with the exception of the you know season ender, I loved that uh, really hard. It was a good, it was a fantastic adaptation, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to season two. Yeah, if we would have asked this question a couple months ago, my answer would have been Batman Under the Red Hood. But since Walking Dead came out, that's definitely was my answer as well. Damn it, Wayne, you stole my answer. Because I'm certainly not voting for The Walking Dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> Under the Red Hood was a phenomenal uh, cartoon movie. And Absolutely. I, I yeah. loved it, and it was by far, hands down, the best I saw this year. Yeah. Agreed. I wouldn't, you know, so obviously the clear-cut winner is Walking Dead, but... Uh, well, I think that the clear-cut winner is us, because there is so much good stuff out there. You know, oh, we, can, we can sit... Well, I'm serious. You can sit here and mock Jonah Hex all day long, but when you think about, you know, all the, the, the comic geek media that is of high quality that's available to us, it's, it's an embarrassment. An embarrassment. So the winner is us. Oh yeah. I'm rolling my eyes. We're all, okay, hold on. We're all winners. <laughs> God bless no, I saw Jonah Hex in theaters. I'm not a winner. <laughs> Goddamn after school special up in this biatch. <laughs> you know what? Okay, so we're moving past that, and we are moving into probably the most exciting category of the day, the holy shit moment of 2010. What moment made you yell out, Holy shit, Tim! I'm, I'm I'm deadly curious to hear what your holy shit moment of 2010 was. Okay, let's keep in mind I don't read solicits, I I don't pay attention to the internet. I live in a bunker. <laughs> um, I'm only allowed to Skype once a week, um, or twice. Anyways, my holy shit I, moment holy shit was in X Force 26 when Bastion put his hand through Nightcrawler. I stood up and went, "Holy fucking shit!" Because I did not see that coming. And I know Jonathan said, oh, they were leading up to that for issues. I didn't know. And so for me, it was hands down. That was the holy shit moment. You know, that would have been a fair one, except like Jonathan, I had seen that one coming a mile away. Because I read stuff online, too. For me, by far, by the death far of Magog. I stood up. I was yelling. I was happy. It's When he got his head blown off, off by himself, himself while he was, while begging, he was begging, it just it made my just day. Made my my uh, my holy shit moment this year was when I totaled up how much I've spent in comics this year. <laughs> <laughs> but since you're looking for a comic to assign that to, uh, I'm absolutely right there with Wayne. The, the death of of uh, Magog that was that was awesome. Jonathan, do you have a holy shit moment of 2010? I do not. Well, maybe you can agree with mine then. Cthulhu penis. <laughs> my holy shit moment of I can I can always agree with Cthulhu <laughs> I gotta say no amount of warning from my comic guy was enough 
for me to have witnessed Alan Moore's Neonomicon number two from Avatar Press. It, it, it traumatized me for life. It is, it is a, a horrible, horrible thing to behold. Um, you know, it, it, it's this creepy, scary story, and all of a sudden you get to 15 pages or 10 pages of sexual violence and perverted, weird things and uh, Cthulhu penis. So and uh, Cthulhu money shots. So um, that that was mine. But it sounds like the winner of the funny for holy shit moments of 2010 was the death of Magog. Now, I I, I guess mine could have been holy shit. DC has a couple decent books. (laughs) (laughs) I discovered that that this year. (laughs) Yeah. So you know, Jonathan may have started picking up DC books, but 2010 was a year that we saw the 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 tragic passing. Of, uh, of some of our favorite titles, as well as titles that we used to love that are now just dead to us. So uh, I think at, at this moment in the program, I, I think we should all take a moment to, to, to mention some of the titles that passed away in 2010. Guardians of the Galaxy. Aww. Aww. It didn't get canceled, but Booster Gold... Mission Booster. <sighs> Avengers Initiative, and the one that hurts the most, which is Thor. I'm dead inside. Thor is on my list as well. Sweet, sweet Thunder God. <laughs> Thor the Mighty Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry. <gasps> um. Agents of Atlas. Nova. Daredevil. Secret Six, you're still a wonderful book, but I have no room in my wallet for you. Spider-Man, I fought so hard. Invincible Iron Man, why won't you put your armor on? Doctor hardly knew he. Incredible Hulks, there should be only one. <laughs> Vengeance of the Moon Knight. Oh. Secret Avengers. All Avengers titles. Secret Warriors. Uh. Green Arrow. Oh, screw you. No, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Landreth on Funny Books. <laughs> Not too sad about that one. <laughs> this doesn't have uh, the somber feel I thought it was going <laughs> to yeah. Well, some people laugh at funerals here. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> that's true. Captain America. Oh yeah. Daredevil. Didn't you already say that one? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did. Superman. Yeah, Superman and action comics, and anything else with Superman in it. <laughs> Justice League of America. Justice Society. 
I think that's it. And on that somber note, let us move into the comic that fell from grace most this year. These are the comics that we used to love, and now they feel like a dry ass rape every time we pick them up. (laughs) (laughs) Or perhaps we don't pick them up. They may be on the list from, from just a minute ago. Exactly. So, Wayne, what was the comic that fell from grace most this year? Booster Gold. It was my favorite book every time it came out. It was so incredibly wonderful. I sung the praises and nearly filleted Dan Jurgens every time I read the book. And now it just is. I can't. I not only dropped the title, I felt pained for having paid money on the title before dropping it. By far the biggest fall from grace for me. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Wayne. I. Every week it was the first uh, – every time it came out, it was the first book I read because I was that excited about it. And the uh, change in, in talent on the book, while I you know, uh, admire and respect Keith Giffen, he just wasn't scratching that booster itch. And sadly, you know, Dan Jurgens wasn't able to, to capture that over in Time Masters. And fortunately, we're getting it over in Justice League Generation Lost. But you know, there are three opportunities there for their booster greatness. And we're only getting one of them that's that's doing it right. Secret Avengers. You know, I was so excited when they announced this team. I'm like, how can you go wrong with Beast Valkyrie, War Machine, and Moon Knight? Knight? Well, we write a bland story that has none of the characterizations of Beast Valkyrie, War Machine, or Moon Knight. Such a big waste. I had such high hopes. It's just been awful. Well, I uh, I, I have to honestly say... I, I couldn't choose one. I had a three-way tie <laughs> on this. Superman, the Mighty Thor, and Iron Man. No, I, I, felt I, except for the Mighty Thor, those were on my list as well. Can I can I challenge your uh, you know the biggest your 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 Superman choice there because that would suggest that Superman was was did was doing well at the beginning of the year. You know what? You're right. You're right because Superman has kind of sucked for the last couple of years so yes. i'm gonna choose one i'll, I'll choose just iron man because you know what even the mighty thor has been kind of suck most of the year too um since siege yeah since Straczynski. So. well you know since uh what kieran gillen left yeah but even then kieran gillen's last run on the title with the mephisto hell thing yeah kind of sucked i look forward to kieran gillen's c plus thor book Compared to the piece of shit that's out there now. Oh no, I agree. And his, the the stuff that was planned for him with uh, the Asgardians and Latveria, those books were great. It was that whole slapdash thing at the end that he had to throw together because Matt Fraction was scared of writing. Which uh, we'll, we'll talk more about Matt Fraction here in a bit. But uh, <laughs> do you have a comic that fell from you, from your good graces this year? Uh, X Force. And I know that they stopped the old series and started up Uncanny X-Force, but it's X-Force. I will say I do like Uncanny X-Force. Yeah, I, same here. But, it, I mean, are you really going to say that it's uh, keeping up pace with what Kyle and Yost were doing for years? On the I wasn't as big a Kyle and Yost fan as you. I wasn't reading it before, so I have no idea. Well, you guys, you guys missed out on some quality stuff. Obviously. You're settling for subpar. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of subpar, there were many subpar books that actually turned things around in 2010. So how about most improved comic this year? 
Um, Tim? Wayne, if you don't say this one, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> in that case, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're voting the same thing. Yeah, it's Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. You know, full disclosure, I didn't get it before um, J. Michael Straczynski wrote, but since he's been writing, I found it it's it's interesting. I care about I care. this character that I never cared about before, and it's just been solid. Yeah, why would we get it before? It was a boring character with horrible stories, and now it's incredible. I mean, yeah, easily. I had no problem picking this category, and I, I was hoping in the back of my mind you'd go with it too so I wouldn't be the only one out there on a limb with Wonder Woman. But No, I'm there with you. Spider-Man. Amazing to be to be specific. Um, I haven't been interested in reading a Spider-Man story in years because they just haven't been writing the Peter Parker that I like. And Dan Slott is doing amazing stuff with uh, Amazing Spider-Man. I just I, I cannot I cannot say how happy I am uh, with this book. It is just fantastic. I, what, are, what what am I in now? Three four issues issues mm-hmm. and Three. each one is terrific. So, yeah, Amazing Spider-Man. It's fun, fun, fun. Agreed. That is my choice, too. Amazing Spider-Man, far and away, uh, the most improved comic this year. I It, it went from a book that it, it disgusted me mm-hmm. on the shelves to a book that it, – it's it's the top of my read pile when it comes out now. Great stuff. Uh, New Mutants. Uh, it and, and I think the quality has, has been the same throughout its run. Uh, I think Zeb Wells has done a great job on that book, but it was sort of uh, overshadowed by how good a lot of the X-Tiles were, you know, pre and during Second Coming. But it was the only X-Title that post-Second Coming maintained its quality, and it's still a very interesting read that's doing its own thing and doing it well. So the funny for comic that fell from grace most this year went to booster gold and we have a tie with wonder woman and amazing spider-man for the funny for most improved comic this year and i think those are both fair uh, best because wayne and and tim have gone on and on about how much they've enjoyed that wonder woman run and and uh, paul and i you and i certainly haven't been shy about uh, amazing spider-man i can't argue yeah. with your spider-man pick either whoa whoa the only reason I could I say that uh, I I would want to see more of it before I would have picked it. So. Well, you know I I, I got to say the reason because I thought about that I'm like it's only three issues but for me it's not. Um, you know, uh, one moment in time, uh, Grim Hunt, great storylines this year. Um, so I, I I really felt like Amazing Spider-Man really had a good year. And I've been bouncing in and out of it, but for me, the only thing I've enjoyed has been that one moment in time, which was incredible, but it hasn't made up for everything everything else. else. It kind of goes into our next category for me. Which is? Worst Worst art team. For me, it's whoever's on Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man. I know that it's revolving revolving groups, but this year, every time I picked up Amazing Spider-Man, it's been the worst art I've seen this year, year. except for one moment in time. Hates it so hates much, she's going to say it twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that bad. Uh, you know, I'm stealing I'm stealing your your guys' uh, worst cover, John Romita Jr. Oh. You know, in all honesty, if this guy's name was Bob White, we, he wouldn't have a job anymore in this industry. Yeah. And the fact that Bendis covers his ass and says he's doing a great job, it's, just, it's, like, it's like we're watching the Emperor's New Clothes and no one has the guts to tell him that, you know, he, he can't draw dead. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't get it because John Romita is a very talented artist, but we haven't seen anything to represent that on the page this year. And for whatever reason, they've given him cover assignments, and he's doing all the guts for Avengers, and it's spectacularly bad. I, I, I am amazed at how bad it is. And the fact that nobody seems to be talking about that other than us. I don't get oh, that. And it's, I, I, like, it's like I'm looking at pictures of that are come from special needs kids. Yeah. It's just freaking awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible and terrible. So, Aaron, was that your nomination as yeah, well? Absolutely. Absolutely. The craptastic pencils of John Romita Jr. That will be the name of his uh, art book, by the way. <laughs> Uh, to that on his ass. <laughs> See, John Romita Jr. was a close second for me from Ethan Van Skyver. Ooh. Ethan Van Skyver. Because I, 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 the guy used to be good. But god damn, The Flash Rebirth was one of the worst looking books I have seen in a long time. And is, he, is he drawing anything right now? He's is drawing he uh, certain portions of Brightest Day. Okay. So, you know, the guy, I mean, he, he fucked that series up bad. I mean, the writing was bad on that series, but his art was just terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah. Um, so Ethan Van Skyver gets my vote. John Romia Jr., uh, second in closely by whoever does the art for the Thunderbolts. Oh, <laughs> I hate that, that Thunderbolts art. It, it, to, me, to me, the two, the two art styles are very similar. They're still they're both goofy and oddly proportioned. I say I disagree. I think they're they're fundamentally different. In that uh, Walker, I can't remember the guy's first name. Ke- is it Kev Walker? It's Kev Walker. Okay, so uh, Kev Walker's got a sense of style. He uh, owns the page. He can he can lay out a page and give you a sense of space and timing. Um, there is character to to his pencils, whereas Ramita's stuff. I mean, he's got stuff just crushed into the panel, he doesn't have a sense of how to block those scenes out. Um, I, I think Kev Walker does a much better job. Uh, and his, 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 his characters all look unique and they have expressions where, you know, some of the, sometimes on the Romita stuff, the only way you can identify the character is by the costume they're wearing. I, I think that Kev Walker should be on a book more like Sin City rather than anything that's got inks. <laughs> I was going to say, so the funny goes to John Romita Jr. Congratulations, you were the worst artist of 2010. And he's hit two of our categories. He He hit the uh, worst cover artist or worst cover anything by him (laughs) and and worst art team. I wonder, what else can he win? Let's find out. (laughs) Let's go into best artist or art team. Jonathan. Uh, uh, this is the one the category one. where uh, my pick from last year carries over. Tom Grummet. Grummet. The artist on? X-Men Forever. Well, I know that, but other, our listeners may not because you're the only one still reading that title. The cool the ones, cool ones Hell, I don't even know it. <laughs> Oh yeah, this was a difficult this was a difficult category for Tim. Tim, <laughs> it wasn't because everybody should say it together. One, two, three. Mark is tell. Mark is tell. Yeah, I, yeah that's mine I've as loved, well. I've loved Imonen's New Avengers work, and I've loved Fernando Pissarin's Emerald Warriors pages. But Marcus Toe has been rocking it harder. He's been more consistent. I haven't seen a bad panel out of Marcus Toe. 
Completely and totally agree. That was my vote, too. Aaron? Stuart Amon and on New Avengers. I went with Stuart Amon and also. So we have a tie on this one. Bam! How do you know? Marcus Toe is crying, Paul. You know, I know, and I love Marcus Toe. I love Marcus Toe. But I, I had to give it to Stuart Amonin. This, uh, I, I think this, he, he did some dynamite, dynamite work on the new Avengers this year. Um, and as much as I, uh, you know, Marcus Toe was a close second, but I, I, I had to go with Stuart Amonin above him. So we have a tie. We're going to cut the award in half again and have another kiss your sister thing. Yeah. Half, half a funny. <laughs> so Marcus Toe, you get half a funny Stuart Amonin, you get the other half. Let's or, see who can draw know, a funny better. Or you share custody. Yeah, whoever draws the funniest, I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Send the Jake email right now. Get a funny. <laughs> so on the on the heels of uh, the artist or artist team, let's talk about worst writer or writing team. Grant Morrison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always the Always safe pick. Perennial favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I went with one of our winners for, um, or one of our nominees for favorite writer last year, Matt Fraction. Yeah, that's Matt. that's mine as well. That's mine. It's uh, mine yeah. as well. Yeah, grossly disappointed in the Fraction. He 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 is he is the reason I dropped two titles with two characters that I loved: Iron Man and Thor. Iron Man and Thor. Yeah, same here. Collecting same Thor, here. collecting decade. He, he he is single-handedly the reason I dropped that title. Yeah, and you you guys you guys, you guys aren't reading it, but uh, I want you to know that his work over on Uncanny X Men X Men has been horrible as well. It seems well, like he's trying to lose his job. Oh, we've been reading it. That's why we dropped. The good news is that he is an architect of the <laughs> Marvel universe. Great. <laughs> so he's one architect of the five some no nothing, no action <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. I stick by my Grant Morrison, but Matt Fraction was number two on my list. It, uh, I was so excited when he took over some of these books, and they've just fallen apart. So Matt Fraction is our is our guarantee, our definite winner for worst writer. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure that he'll be you know eager to come right back on the show and talk to us again, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Matt. <laughs> so best writer. How about uh, Jonathan start us off like I'm going to be surprised? What do you mean like you're going to be surprised? Who do you think I'm going to pick, Paul? Chris Claremont. Oh, damn. (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) You know what? All right, look. It's not my fault. It's not my fault that the rest of the hosts on this show don't read a good title. Like, the best title. (laughs) The title that isn't screwing up continuity is consistent. Like, all right, like... We're talking two years of consistency out of this title. Like, is there any other title in the Marvel Universe that we can say that about? That has just been, like, that a single person can say, you know what? It's been good for two straight years. But the rest of us don't think that about your title. (laughs) Yeah, the, the rest of you aren't reading the title. I started reading it when it came out. I hated it. By extension, Jonathan, he hates you. Just saying. <laughs> Wait, oh, you there's read, no extension. You read it for what, two, two years or, or two uh, two issues. There's no gift under the tree from Wayne. To you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I read the first five or so issues of the title because I kept giving it another chance, giving it another chance, and I just didn't like the massive changes he was going. I didn't like the direction he was taking the story. Now, Paul, 
Marcus Cho yeah. has to share custody of a goddamn funny because he, you better <laughs> not stab this guy in the back. Because my pick is Fabian Nicieza from Red Robin. It's no shocker. He's, he's been awesome all year. It's the, it, We talked about it before, like a month ago. This title has been consistently good all year. And Jonathan has a point. It's hard to pick a writer that's been that consistently good. But Fabian Nicieza has been. I've loved even the stuff he's done on the Batman um you know, the you Batman know, the works, Batman the works, the and you know, the the road home stuff. If it helps Tim, he just barely beat out Mark Wade to be my choice as well. So you've got at least one other supporter. All right. I'm gonna let Aaron go first. Well, you know, I am a huge fan of Brian Michael Bendis. And so when we're looking at the best writer, you know, I, I immediately think of, of Brother Bendis, but I have to say that I have to weigh heavily his work on Avengers when I consider, you know, his uh, performance over the year. And as much as I have loved New Avengers and Avengers Prime, I I think that Avengers is crap. <laughs> it's just an awful, awful book. So I'm not able to nominate Bendis as my best writer. So when I think about the writer who's putting out stuff that I am enjoying month over month, or in this case, trade after trade, I have to go with Mark Wade, who produces Irredeemable and Incorruptible. And I think both of those books are awesome. And he's can- also writing the uh, the current Captain America Man Out of Time miniseries as well. And I haven't read that, but the but the two books of his that I buy solely in trade of his um, are just fantastic. Love them every time I pick them up. So I, I'm surprised that no one automatically knew who I was going to pick. Jeff Johns, Ron Mars. Uh I went with Ron Mars because I because you know I thought about Fabian Nicieza, but I got to be honest. The guy only writes one title, uh, and that's the only reason he lost for me, because Ron Mars writes Witchblade, which I enjoyed. He wrote Angelus, which I enjoyed. Velocity, which I'm highly enjoying, um, and, and you know, almost was a nominee for uh, Best Limited Series if it wasn't for Thanos Imperative. Uh, you know, he's writing Artifacts right now, which I'm enjoying. I, I, I just – and I, I am totally enjoying the way he's, he's you know, kind of – wrapped the top cow universe and you know brought it all together um which uh they haven't had in years so my my nominee was for best writer was ron mars so he was um he was actually on my list and one of the people i thought about and the only reason i didn't go with him is i'm not enjoying witchblade as much as you are right now I really enjoyed it for a long time, but lately it's been pretty missed for me. I'm enjoying Artifacts, but Artifacts is kind of not a lot happening right now. So really, all I had to go on was Velocity, and I really enjoyed that Angelus you know, miniseries. But that's why he didn't, he didn't beat out either Mark Waid or Fabian for me. He, he was my third place. So, wait. So, I don't remember. Was there... Lesbian sex and Red Robin this year. <laughs> it doesn't need lesbian sex because it's friggin' awesome. Focusing on superheroism, not skin, Paul. Yeah, I, I'm what? sorry. If if we were comparing artists, then you can have the lesbian sex scene. Yeah, Paul. Who are what? you, Peter David? <laughs> Am I Jonathan Landreth? 
<laughs> so Wayne and I are going to rip this funny and give it to Fabian Nicieza because we fight for good, Paul. <laughs> it was actually it was a great year though for for all three of the people mentioned really. You know, I said Ron Mars was my number three, Mark Wade was my second, and Fabian took first just because he's he's really done an amazing job not just on with Red Robin but when he does you know that one that issue one he did issue over he did. of Batman. You and know, the way he writes Batman. I just never knew that the guy was so versatile. I mean, I, I knew Fabio posed for uh, book covers, but I didn't know that you know he also wrote uh, comic books. It's good right to know. Half the battle. Half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so we've wrapped up artist and writer categories, and now best new series. This and is the see. seventh inning stretch. We need to have Jonathan Sings take me out to the ballgame. Jonathan, go. Fuck you, Tim. <laughs> I'm energized. <laughs> yep, uh, we are. We are in our final couple of categories. So, why don't Jonathan? Why don't you kick us off with worst new series this year? Worst new series. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with X Men. Adjectiveless versus vampires. My my buddy uh, Rick Remender, rocking it. Actually, that was so, um, who? Adjectiveless X Men is by um, somebody else. I thought it's it was not, by Rick Remender. No, Remender writes Uncanny X Force. Oh, that explains a lot. I love the attention to detail. It's by somebody else. Hey, hey, hey Jonathan, <laughs> his name is Bastion. It's it's not Nimrod, okay? <laughs> it's by well, Victor Gishler. Oh, that's also, right, Gishler. All right, I, I'm enjoying that series though. Except for yeah, Mr. well, Disney. well, Paul, you probably also like the Twilight movies. <laughs> no, but I've seen them. All right, well, that's enough. There you go. That's enough. Yep. <laughs> Screw that so, series. <laughs> Tim. Um. I Young Allies. Young Allies was just awful. It came out at a bad time. It has people I don't care about. It, it's just awful. That's all I can say. <laughs> Aaron? Sorry. You know, I, I, I'm not going to call it... I, for me, this category is not nearly so much as, uh, as uh, you know, worst being as you know, poor quality or, or whatnot. But I'm going to co- categorize it as... the. You know, it being the worst, and that it was the most disappointing for me in a new series, and that was Birds of Prey. Um, it had uh, Gail Simone returning to the title, and I just absolutely love her writing. But the book just did not click. I wanted to like the book, and I just did not, and I couldn't get past the first issue. So, blech. Cover quote. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that criteria pretty nicely sums up my vote. Secret Avengers. Mm, yeah. You know, there were a lot of number ones that I picked up this year that I yeah. didn't pick up number twos for. Um, but none disappointed me quite as much as Ultimate Comics X, uh, written by Jeff Loeb with art by uh, Art Adams. Art Adams is one of my favorite artists of all time. Uh, I, I picked up issue one, super excited about it, and it was absolute garbage. Not only that, issue three still hasn't come out, 
and issue one came out like 10 months ago or something. So, you know, it's, it's kind of just an embarrassment. Um, and so that was my nominee for worst new series. I give you that. That book is crap. (laughs) So we don't have a winner on worst new series. So here's another one. I can flip flop to secret Avengers. I can buy that. Just because it had so much potential, like I said, it was the biggest waste of potential that I I, I nominated. So Absolutely, I will change. So, my Secret vote Avengers are winners. Yeah. All right, Secret Congratulations, Avengers. Congratulations, you blow. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, we all lose. Yeah. Well, well how about best new series, uh, Aaron? Hands down, Thor: The Mighty Avenger. I I was struck by what a surprising comic it was. Um, Didn't that it, get canceled? What a Christ. <laughs> Focus. Um, <laughs> Thor the Mighty Avenger was, uh, was an all-ages uh, friendly read without dumbing it down for kids. Um, it it was it, it had a perfect pairing of writer and artist and Richard Landridge and Chris Somney, and it is just fantastic. And you know, I, I I'm I'm saddened that it's gone, but you know, the books that we have from this uh, series in 2010 really show that there is a a uh, a type of Thor story that we're not getting elsewhere uh, that apparently nobody else wants but me. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, but it's fantastic, and you know, I, I wish more people had read it, and I, I hope that the trade does well because uh, there are terrific stories here. Avengers Academy. Yes. <laughs> I uh, when I saw the list of characters for it and all these new characters, and I didn't expect much going into it. I mean, I, I enjoyed Avengers Initiative as it was coming to its close, but I didn't expect much out of Avengers Academy, and I was blown away. I mean, they really... He takes the time to examine each of the characters. Are, are we seriously... Uh, Jonathan? You know what, Wayne? Seriously? That's, ex- that's exactly what I was going to say about it. It's the only book that I'm reading right now, the only one that's really getting into a character's head, you know, fleshing them out, making you care about them. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not just like, all right, you know, it, it seems like he's he's uh, using the characters as characters and not as just tools to, to, to move a plot along. You know, uh. I had a really hard time choosing between Emerald Warriors and Avengers Academy. And I think I'm going to have to go with Avengers Academy just because Emerald Warriors is tying back into the Green Lantern's um, universe a lot more than I would have wanted it to. And everything you guys have said about Avengers Academy, I will I will echo. I think Christos Gage is doing a bang-up job of getting you to care about new heroes, which is a very hard thing to do. I can't believe we're giving the funny to fucking Avengers Academy. It's Believe it, that Paul. good, Paul. You should pick it's it up. It's that good. Yeah, it is real. Yeah. Like if I drop, if I dropped all but two comics, uh, going forward, I would keep. I would keep on X Men Forever and Avengers Academy. So I have to. I have to ask, Jonathan. Have you read Avengers Academy number seven yet? Avengers Academy. Avengers number Academy seven. number seven. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So did you enjoy the uh, Tigra pages there? I thought of you when I read it. <laughs> you know what? That's how good this book is. Is that I don't even care that Tigra's in the book. What about Tigra's baby? 
<laughs> because because the focus isn't on Tiger. It's not about like Tiger and what Tiger's doing. It's about it's about these kids and like what they're doing and the drama that's going. Like it it reminds me. It, it's the closest thing we've got to an X book right now. <laughs> I, under, I understand that uh, issues eight, nine, and ten are telling a three part Tiger arc. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I've got, I've got, I've got faith in uh, Christos Gage. <laughs> He's gonna make you love Tigra. He's gonna make me love Tigra. Excellent. All right, uh, Paul. You seem to be paid by that choice. You seem to think we're all wrong. Let's hear what little book you picked. You know, honestly, I almost went with New Avengers, but it's a volume two, so I didn't really qualify it as a new series. Um, so I went with the Flash. Because even though I was a little disappointed with the uh, ending of the first arc, uh, issue seven was friggin' great, um, and issue and you know the issues one through five were all fantastic too. I, I love the Flash; it's a beautiful book. Francis Manupol was almost my winner for uh, best artist. Um, I just I, I love that I, I love the book, but obviously, the frickin' winner. It's Avengers freaking well, Paul, Academy. All right, like your your pick, you're th- you're throwing issues out of the series where you're just like, well, this was a disappointment and stuff. Like, I can't say that about Avengers Academy. Even the stuff they did, the crossover with Thunderbolts, was done well, kept to the theme of Avengers Academy, still was fleshing out characters and giving them personality. Personality, it's great, it's great. God, I'm actually Glad. surprised you didn't vote Thunderbolts. It's not new. That's right. They didn't give it a number one, did they? No. Nope. They just should have. Had, they, had okay. they, I would. I, I might have gone for it. Okay, so we've established the best and worst new series, and now we're left to one category: ongoing series. Wayne, what is your worst ongoing series? It was actually, it was actually painful, painful to pick between, between, between my last two. two. It was down to either down Thor to or Booster Gold. Booster Gold. And, and I have to go I Booster to go Gold because Gold. of how good it used to be. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Uh, wanted to like it, but boy, boy, it was bad. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you with Booster Gold. Tim? Paul? <laughs> Tim and Paul, go! It's, it's Thor. There's no shortage of candidates with, you know, Avengers, Hulk, Superman. But I have to go with Thor. I mean, Thor, it's it's like this is the comic book that kicked my dog. You know, I, Siege was a big moment for Asgard, and you know, I didn't I didn't mind Kieran Gillen's run, but it took a lot of steam out of the event. So by the time that Fraction Epic failed, it was just a funeral bell to a series that I've loved for a decade. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the interesting thing. Like I said, Thor and Thor was on mine as well, and it's just a matter of Tim was more. Uh, you know, more invested in Thor. I was more invested in Booster Gold. It could have easily gone either way. If I would have been more invested in Thor, I might be feeling like like he is. I found the, uh, you know, because I agree, Thor, Thor has made a, a significant turn for the worse. Um, but I found the transition there less jarring than Booster Gold because you did have you know that Kieran Gillen transition. Whereas on Booster Gold, you went from Dan Jurgens writing awesome book after awesome book, and then Keith Giffen coming in, coming in with a completely different vision for the character, and it not being a vision that I was interested in. I, I, and maybe that's why I'm supporting Booster over Thor as you know worst ongoing series, because 
you had a fantastic series. You took the author off to go write something else with that character. The thing that was the other thing that he's writing was not good um, because it was all wrapped up in that, you know, Batman road home garbage. But and, and I have some strong feelings about this. <laughs> um, I, I got to go with Booster. I'm, my, my vote is still with Booster. I feel your pain, Tim, but I'm sticking with Booster. Uncanny X-Men. Or I could just say the X-Men. Uh, somebody needs to come in and fix that. They really need to fix that whole... Uh. You know what's so painful about that? They had the opportunity. Yeah. Everyone jumped on board with uh, Second Coming. And it was so wonderful, and it led into such crap. I yeah. feel for you. I mean... It, you know, and th- this is uh, again knocking on knocking on fraction here. He had a great opportunity. The, the problem, the problem with the X Men right now, and and why, like I'll separate New Mutants from this because they they don't fall into this category. There's no defined. This is the X Men team. Now there's just a group of mutants, and each issue you've got a different group. And Legacy's doing this, X Men is doing this, Uncanny's doing this, where they're just like, uh, I guess we'll use these five random characters this issue, and next issue will be some other guys. And yeah, you know, like, uh, like, is this crap? You know, more and more, I'm glad that Fraction won our Worst Writer Award because as we talk about more of these titles, particularly here on the Worst Ongoing Series. Grant Morrison put out some crap, but Fraction took a bunch of really good titles and turned them to crap. Yeah, it, it, and plus Fraction hates continuity, so I hate you. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, uh, mine was Justice League of America. Because you take a book where you can get the best heroes of the DC universe and you make it absolute shit. You know, and that includes the Justice League Cry for Justice miniseries that started the year off. It just it was garbage. Uh, everything Justice League this year has been absolute garbage. So, you know, just it, it's got so much potential and you just fuck it up. And that's, you know, that's primarily James Robinson and Mark Bagley who have been on the title most of the year just not a good book. So while the winner's booster gold, I think we all agree that every title mentioned really does suck. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see if we can agree on a best ongoing series. Here it is, (laughs) the final award of the night. New Avengers! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, New Avengers, that is my my, uh, favorite best ongoing series. You know, new, Tim and new, Wayne, uh, let's uh, let's just uh, oh, we're gonna do it. Announce our winner. <laughs> All right. Red Robin. Red, Red Robin. Robin. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Jonathan. Uh, like, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, X X Men Forever. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's uh, the first book I read. I get, except for this time because Avengers Academy came out. <laughs> Maybe Avengers Academy should be my pick, but uh, yeah. Please see all Please previous see all funny previous books fun- to uh, see why Red Robin was the best book of the year. And Red Robin won most the most awards tonight, actually. Tonight. Yeah, if you look at it, especially if you look at the creators team. I mean, it uh, it got best artist. Um, 
tied for it got a tie for best artist. It got best writer. Best Tim artist. Drake got a vote for best hero. You know, Tim Drake can give me a blumpkin. blumpkin. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> a blumpkin? Yeah. <laughs> don't ask, Paul. Don't ask. <laughs> this might be a good way to end the show. What's a blumpkin? <laughs> no, don't ask that question. You don't want to know. Uh, I, I would urge everyone out there to Google it. <laughs> Maybe he can give you a side pocket. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was uh, 2010. Stay tuned because we're about to jump headfirst into 2011, and we'll do it all again in 12 months and talk about the best and worst of 2011 on the Funny Book Awards. Who's driving me to the after party? Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.